Welcome to Grace and Glory, the radio ministry of Grace Valley Christian Center, featuring biblical teachings of the Christian faith with Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and former professor in Greek and theology. Pastor Matthew holds degrees from Westminster Theological Seminary, and he pastors Grace Valley Christian Center in Davis, California, adjacent to the University of California at Davis. Today, we continue with Pastor Matthew's series on the book of Acts with part one of Preparation for Pentecost. If you have your Bible with you, turn with us to chapter one of the book of Acts. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor Matthew. I hope you will pay attention as I am expositing from the book of Acts that you will not come here just as a spectator but as a participant, as people who will listen to the word of life that you will hear and do what God is speaking to us through his servant. It is my prayer that God will pour out his Holy Spirit upon us and change us fundamentally. I want to speak on the subject spiritual preparation for Pentecost. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need to be strengthened by the mighty Spirit. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need to be made competent, fearless, Confident, articulate. I was reminded of a story the late Dr. Barnhouse spoke concerning one Reverend Newell who was invited to speak for a conference sponsored by the China Inland Mission. And he spoke there, and after his preaching, he requested the director to pray for him, that he may remain humble, that he may consider himself to be nothing. And the director of China Inland Mission told him, Newell, you are nothing. Take it by faith. And that is the truth. We are things that are not we are the weak and the despised. And God in his great love and mercy chose us. And without me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. And therefore, let's acknowledge we are nothing. Take it by faith. And let us pray, oh God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us that we may be able to do what God wants us to do. Let's ask the question, what made the apostles who were timid and fearful and gloaming at the death of Jesus, what made these apostles to be a united company of brethren who spend their time in the upper room, in prayer and praise. Remember Peter. He denied Jesus three times. And along with other apostles except John, were not present near the cross. 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. They had hoped Jesus to be the Messiah. Who would bring about the restoration of the golden age of Davidic kingdom. Their hopes were dashed at the crucifixion. Even in Jerusalem they stayed in a room, remember, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. And we are told that many drifted back to their former occupations. They gave up on Jesus. What made them different now that they are staying in Jerusalem? They are united. They are praying in the upper room. They are also bolder and are going to the temple to praise God. Let me tell you what made them different. First, they were given infallible proofs of Christ's resurrection. They saw him many times alive. No one saw Jesus emerging from the grave. But they saw him alive and ate with him, heard him teach, walked with him. They questioned him. He breathed on them Holy Spirit. He taught them. How to interpret scripture. He commissioned them to preach the gospel. They touched him. They handled him. John says in his first epistle chapter 1. And before his ascension. Jesus blessed them. Lifting up his hands. Resurrection of Jesus. Changed the attitudes of the apostles. But soon they will be changed more. Resurrection of Jesus alone did not fully qualify them to be witnesses of the gospel. It was one necessary qualification. They needed also the qualification of the Pentecostal experience. They needed to be clothed with power of the Holy Spirit. I say we need the gospel, but we also need the Holy Spirit's anointing to be effective witnesses of this great gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Pentecostal experience gave these weak, despised Galileans Total transformation and total qualification to declare without fear the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Spiritual preparation for Pentecost. They prepared themselves for Pentecost in these many ways. First, submission. Submission. To the resurrected Jesus Christ who is Lord of the universe. Jesus commanded them prior to his ascension not to leave Jerusalem. But to wait for the promise of the Father. 
they submitted to the Lord and they fully obeyed. Motivated by the blessing of the ascended Lord and the angelic promise of Christ's second coming, the apostles, Luke says, with great joy returned. Not to Galilee, because the Lord said not to go to Galilee. Galilee, the place of their houses and businesses, but to the hostile territory of the city of Jerusalem, because the master said, so from the Mount of Olives, on the eastern side of the Kitron Valley, they returned, walking three quarters of a mile to the city of Jerusalem. They arrived in the city and entered an upper room, possibly the same upper room in which they ate with the Lord Jesus Christ the Last Supper. Upper rooms were the living rooms where people studied and prayed and assembled for special meetings. And this upper room was a spacious room to accommodate about 120 people. See, the apostles, 11 of them, attracted other people, other Galilean believers, probably Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, disciples who were going to Emmaus, remember them? Many, many people joined them, and there are 120 of them now. And they are gathered together in that upper room. Why? Because the Lord told them to do so. And they obeyed. The Lord said to wait. And they obeyed. They waited without knowing how long they needed to wait. Because the master had not told them that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on the day of Pentecost. Yet, they awaited submission and obedience to the Lord is therefore a necessary preparation for the experiencing of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They waited. Though they had all the earthly reasons to return to Galilee, they waited, they obeyed. I am asking us, are we willing to obey our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Submission is the first requirement. Secondly, spiritual unity. Soon the eleven were joined by many others, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her other sons, Jude, James, Joseph, Simon. You know, Mary was a sinner, just like us, but she was blessed of the Lord 
and she was saved by his unique son Jesus she along with her other sons who lately became believers waited for the baptism in the Holy Spirit and as I said the assembly grew into 120 but the wonderful thing here is they were all of one accord Homa Tumadon one accord they were of one mind one will one feeling one plan one purpose one prayer they were together they enjoyed each other's fellowship they loved one another in other words, Holy Spirit was already at work in bringing about this spiritual oneness and unity. They all loved their Lord and trusted in Him. No one is asking anymore the question they used to ask, who is the greatest? No one is seeking seats on the left and on the right of Jesus the King. There is no quarrel, there is no envy, and they all are brothers. And this word Adolfoi, brethren, appears many times in this book of Acts. They were of one accord. And that word one accord appears 11 times in, in the New Testament. But 10 times it appears in the book of Acts. This assembly was practicing what we read in the 133rd Psalm. Let's turn to it. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the color of his robes. It is as, as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Let's understand one thing. In the place of spiritual unity, God will pour out blessing. And what is the greatest blessing in the whole world? That the spirit of the living God may be poured out upon us. That we may be strengthened by his might and comforted by his presence. I ask the question. Are you of the same mind and plan and purpose in your home? How can we ask God to pour out his Holy Spirit upon us when we cannot even continue in one accord in our own homes? One mind, one plan, one accord, one spirit, togetherness, fellowship. They were united. In prayer also. Probably they were reminded. Of what the Lord Jesus taught. 
in the gospel according to St. Matthew. The 18th chapter, Jesus taught in verse 19 and 20. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you, for my Father, by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Isn't it wonderful? Where there is unity, there is God. And I hope you will be challenged this morning to seek this spiritual unity in your own homes. Forsaking self-interest and self-centeredness. Loving God and loving one another. Praying together. Having one plan, one mind, one purpose, one goal. Let me tell you, it will be a place where God himself will manifest his presence. Probably these people were reminded of this particular passage. But the truth is that they prayed in one accord. This word one accord is used also in reference to the one accord of the enemies of the gospel. Let me tell you, when Satan is against the church, he inspires people to be of one mind to attack the church. If that is true, then don't you think the church of Jesus Christ should be of one accord that she may be Filled with the spirit of the living God to resist the devil. To oppose the kingdom of evil. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's believe that. Let's listen to what Paul says in Romans 15 and verse 5 and 6. That's the only other place the word one accord apply, uh, appears Outside of the book of Acts. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity. Among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are we united in love? In one purpose. To glorify the Lord in the world. In our marriage, in our family life, in our church life. You know what happened to the church of Corinth. St. Paul says, I hear there are divisions among you. One of Paul, one of Apollos, one of Cephas, one of Christ and so on. Where there is division, one can expect Confusion. Where there is division, one cannot expect the Holy Spirit to be present or poured out. So, the second requirement for the Pentecostal experience is spiritual unity. Third, in terms of our preparation 
for Pentecost is prayer or what we call supplication. Submission, spiritual unity and third, supplication. Most people do not relish waiting. We all would rather do something than wait. We are people of actions. But waiting does not mean doing nothing. Prayer is waiting on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord in prayer and meditation of the word shall renew their strength to do exploits for the Lord. So they spend their time in earnest prayer. In fact, the text says they were devoting themselves cross cartereo, devoting themselves to prayer. Meaning, without fainting, without giving up, they kept on praying with all their might. They prayed in faith of Christ's promise to pour out the Spirit. They prayed with expectation. They prayed with passion. They prayed with persistence. They prayed with perseverance. They prayed without giving up. They prayed as the Canaanite woman prayed for the deliverance of her daughter. She was put off and yet her request was granted. Remember the Lord, what the Lord spoke to Ananias concerning Saul. Behold, he prayeth. That was pretty long prayer, probably for three days. Behold, he prayeth. I'm sure the apostles had seen Jesus praying. And they were taught to pray. Also pray for the Holy Spirit. We read about that in Luke chapter 11. The apostles knew that the Father anointed our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ while he was praying. So they prayed and said, Lord, do as you have promised. You see, the Lord didn't ask them to pray. The Lord said, wait. And a lot of people would say, well, why we have to pray? And a lot of Presbyterians, they don't pray either. They believe in a twisted view of Calvinism that exempts them from prayer. And let me tell you, if we don't pray, we are arrogant and self-sufficient. And we go counter to divine order, which commands us to pray. If we are not praying, we find ourselves to be graceless and powerless and weak. They prayed, Lord, do as you have promised. We all are waiting here in Jerusalem. Lord, we did not go back to Galilee. Pour out your spirit upon us. We are nothing. Clothe us with power from on high. We are weak. Make us strong to face the world, to face the opposition of the world. Lord, we need 
Also the teaching of the Holy Spirit. You said the Holy Spirit will teach us. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You said the Holy Spirit will guide us. We need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We need the comforting presence of your paraclete. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you taught us, ask and you shall receive. So we are asking, Lord, receive the Holy Spirit from the Father and pour out upon us that we may be qualified to proclaim the gospel. Yes, they spend time in adoration, in praise. Prayer consists of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Luke's gospel tells us that they returned to Jerusalem in great joy and stayed continually at the temple praising God. I'm sure they praised God for all the blessings they received, especially the gift of Jesus Christ. They thank God for the forgiveness of sins. Remember Peter, he denied the Lord. He had failed the Lord. He proved to be unreliable. Yet the Lord appeared to him and restored him in the presence of his other disciples. So they spend their time in adoration, in praise, in confession, in repentance, in consecration. In identifying their sins and forsaking them. It's a good thing as a preparation for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to confess our sin and forsaking our sin. Spending time in thanksgiving and in specific prayer. This has been part one of Preparation for Pentecost. Tune in next week for part two.